<sighs> Jesus. Let's just get it over with. Hello, my fine feathered frenemies. This is your dynamic 1-0 host, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his alliterative, adjectiving Batman Batty, Beware the Hairy Mango. It's the 2016 edition of Mucho Mango Mayo, the shows that were never supposed to happen until you grabbed reality by the gonads and twisted the event out of it. Oh, it's sore now. So am I just thinking about it. Let me mitigate the onrush of disappointment right now. There is no way I'm going to get all of this month's shows out on time. However, Mucho Mango Mayo as a whole should not end nearly as late as last year's did, because I don't have an episode a week to do of regular and elitist episodes like I did last year, heads down, we'll muddle through. Today's story is all about being a bird in a gilded cage match. If your bird cage fills the entire cargo area of the ship taking it to America, your captain might complain that's one hold barred. One hold barred by Matthew Sanborn Smith. When penultimate fighting came on the scene, it seemed like a sad wannabe group of people beating the hell out of each other. What sort of proved that to the skeptics was that the referee would announce at the beginning of each match that there was one hold barred. What the heck kind of fighting was that? Everybody wanted no holds barred. When it was revealed that the one illegal hold was the hand hold, the spectators were mostly confused. And the more affectionate fighters were sad and wondered what they had gotten themselves into. But after penultimate fighting's first few events, there were no more critics, and people actually turned their backs on boring old ultimate fighting because that was merely mixed martial arts. This new type of fighting was mixed everything. Outside of holding hands, literally everything was allowed. Want to see a guy with a shovel fight a lady with an axe? You could, for the mere price of pay-per-view. And the action wasn't even confined to the ring. Some opponents battled it out in the courtroom. One might sue the other over a dispute at a pool party when one thought there shouldn't be any pee in the swimming pool and the other thought there should be only pee in the swimming pool. And they'd settle it in court with lawyers who wielded a shovel and an axe. And there were no rules about who was allowed to fight either. One woman threw babies at her opponents and billed herself as day careless. Another guy was a prize fighter back in the 1950s and saw penultimate fighting as his chance for his big comeback. The 90-year-old redubbed himself Kid Colostomy Bag, and folks, you did not want to get hit by that guy. Many's the fighter that walked out of the ring believing that they had beaten the tar out of an ancient, disgusting man only to be diagnosed the next day with hepatitis B. One of the more clever fighters had himself genetically altered so that his body became a six-foot-tall hand. He easily beat the lady who became a six-hand-tall foot, but just existing in the ring was his strategy for beating all of his grappling opponents. To confuse them about his abilities, he called himself the Panther. As soon as they wrapped themselves around him, they were disqualified for hand-holding. Now, if those were the only types of fighters in penultimate fighting, the Panther would have crushed all of his opponents quite handily. Sadly, he was shot by a fighter called the guy who shoots people. That guy was at the top of the league for quite some time until he fought the lady who bombs people. She beat him and won the title while simultaneously beating the crew, the announcers, and the entire audience. Besides the championship belt, any titles held by the audience members were turned over to her as well, which is how she became head of accounting at the Delby Corporation and many other things. All of these titles were posthumously awarded, of course. This was the end of penultimate fighting, as not enough of the lady who bombs people could ever be scraped together for a title match. Also, Delby's accounting department went straight into the shitter. 
If this story beat you up, or down, or off, you can place a three-minute round ring on its match at the website of the Dirty Fight, BewareTheHairyMango.com. Slouch daringly toward the comments in this post and plenty mail me and choo-choo Charlie at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or help me save Miss O'Toole from all those pools at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we're running on fumes, the SF and SF signal stands for substandard fuel, the rival company to Rockefeller's Standard Oil that was always number two but didn't try harder. Before settling into blogging at SFSignal.com, the company gathered its oil not from drilling but from squeezing it from the faces of greasy adolescents. Oh sure, you could run your car on it, but then your interior always smelled like used pizza. I saw the best tweeters of my generation destroyed by following me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. They beat themselves silly on the road paved with junkies. Have they sent the cease and desist letter yet? Follow Beware the Hairy Mango on Facebook, on Tumblr, on this podcast. Let's beat this dead horse together. Dead horse being a euphemism for a harrowing addiction. So put that knife and fork back down. Still no protein for you. This podcast fizzles anticlimactically at the beginning of the third act, during which our heroine makes a sandwich and then remembers she didn't want a sandwich, but decides she can't let it go to waste and suddenly remembers her hungry dog and throws the sandwich on the floor but immediately drops to eat it off of the floor herself when she realizes she has no dog because it was devoured by a suitcase carrying Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Like 4.0 International License. Until Martini and Rossi mop up their spumante, this will jiggle through the fever dreams of Matthew Sanborn Smith and remind you, Darby O'Gill would like to thank all of the little people. Good night. <laughs>